Yeah. So it's kind of like, think of the business as a truckload of cores and you're the Trans Am. Oh my goodness gracious. Learn more about the art and science of account management. Pick up a copy of A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management. Digital and print editions available at Amazon or your favorite bookseller. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a Tactical Guide for Success. You got Fred Fuller here. And on the other side of the table, my good friend, co-author and compadre, Mr. John Brown. Fred, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Life is good. Can't complain. I could, but who would care? Yeah. Right. We, we, we just had the big Thanksgiving holiday. How was yours? It was good. Uh, over eight. Um, I grew out a beard from November, had family over. Oh, Not in that order. Um, we're on, we're on. A that was all vi- out of order. Yeah. Apologize. We're, we're on a video conference and so I can see you. And so when you say grow out a beard, I'm just, is this, is this the evidence of such that I'm seeing right now? <laughs> it's the best I can do. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you validated me a little more. I, I'm feeling <laughs> unvalidated <laughs> at the moment. Welcome to episode 18, Feelings with Fred <laughs> Fuller and John Brown. <laughs> Let's talk about our feelings. Fred, I validate you. Yeah. Perhaps you could validate me. Yeah. Um. We need to start a separate we, podcast we, where we where oh we do God, this. Oh we just God, validate dude. each other. Oh my God, that's so special. That's an SNL skit waiting to happen. Yeah, it would be. You know, if they're looking for writers, we're available. Yeah, I'm pretty sure some folks in New York City are listening, and they would be. Oh my, these guys are comedy geniuses. Let's let's get them signed up. Yeah, brilliant. The way we're they looking pull- for we're looking for middle aged men to help with the current comedy scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's a good point, man. That's yeah. Uh, that's no, scary. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. No, nobody wants that. Uh, Fred, what are we here to talk about today? We are going to talk about client entertainment. Everybody's favorite topic. Yeah. I think it's, I think uh, when account managers get together and they tell war stories about crazy stuff, this is usually the topic that gets discussed. This this talk, it's really funny because this topic is at the epicenter of all things account management. It's the thing that people are jealous of that don't do it. Yes. It's the thing that people can't wait to do when they start down this track. Right. And it's the thing that once you've done enough of it. it you know, like, I, I don't, you don't want to do it. Anymore. <laughs> OK, yeah, thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. You know, if you if you don't go to travel a lot for business and entertain clients, it's it's sounds and looks glamorous and it is most decidedly not. It is not. It is absolutely not. You, yeah. and, and we'll talk about why you're right here, all yeah. that good stuff. But yeah, so it's it's pretty funny. And and you know, when we talk about this and I and I make that statement, I'm always so nervous about coming across like you know, kind of be an ingrate, right? You know, like, yeah. oh, really? You're going to complain about that? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not complaining about it. It is fundamentally part of my job. And I view it, it is as work. such, yeah. but it's work, right? It's work, right. And, it's work and that, that's, hours. I think, the through line of everything we're going to discuss is realizing that it's work. And when you start to lose sight of that and you start to think that it's there for your fun, that, that's where you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So, um, John, do you want to you walk us through this? Uh, well, we're going to start, we're going to kind of cover three big things. We're going to talk about the basics of how to think about it. We're going to talk about the rules around doing it and then kind of what to do when the fun doesn't stop. <laughs> so oh. when, when things, when things get weird, what do you do? And then, uh, finally at the very end, we, we will touch briefly on, uh, harassment situations, which can arise in these things, which is a pretty serious topic, but we'll start with the, uh, the fun parts first. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we let's talk about the basics of how to think about uh, client entertainment and and the main thing to know is you know we you'll hear you know we're we're already kind of 
talking in a little bit of a negative way about Klein Entertainment, but it actually has a really serious business purpose, which is that, you know, the most useful insights that you can get about your client are often after work when you're out together at a client entertainment thing or at um, dinner or drinks or whatever, because that's when your client is the most unguarded. Yeah, that, that's right. It is when they are the most unguarded. It is. Um, it also it shifts the balance a little bit in regards to the relationship and how you interact with each other. Once you have actually just gone through the process of like eating with somebody, it, it's different. No, that's that's right. It changes the balance of the relationship because, you know, when you're in the meeting room with the CEO or your client or the VP of whatever, that's your client, you know, there, there's a power imbalance. But when you go out to dinner, you know, you're both human beings enjoying a, a meal together. Right? I think it's a really great, great point. And it does change the, the balance of the relationship. And so that's why doing this, you know, viewing this as work, as something that you should do as much as you can as part of your job. And then it's, it's actually kind of serious business. It's, it's really important because once you get that, you know, achieve what you just mentioned, it's going to lead to building more trust. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. And, and when you have trust, you'll get more information. You've got everything. Right? Right. Yeah. That's, that's the key, right? It all comes back to that um, in the beginning. So, so the, so some of the basics are right. You, um, you get, you can get some extra insights in there, right? Um, right. you, your client will open up, you get a couple of drinks, you just relax a little bit and, and you can talk a little bit more freely just because you're not in the confines of the office. Right. So your client has now dropped their guard. Yeah. And then, and, and then there's another point on here, John, that I'm actually really want to hear your thoughts on, uh, don't do anything too extreme. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, what that really means is if you think, if you believe that the whole point of client entertainment is to build trust, you need to be a little bit careful that you don't, whatever you do, you don't carry it too far. Right. And we'll talk about alcohol um, here in a little bit, but like if things go too far, it can actually erode trust because then your client might look at you and go, Oh wait, what, what kind of person am I dealing with? And are they keeping my, kind of confidential business information, you know, to themselves? Are they, you know, a stable, um, you know, person to handle kind of my fiduciary responsibilities, right? Like if you do anything too extreme, you get kind of too wild with it. If you do, even if the client wants to do something really extreme and wild, if it goes, if it goes to a point where it could create trust issues, then now you're on the other side of it. And so you have to be very um, careful about that. So, you know, um, you, if your client um, wants to go hella skiing and your company can't afford that, and that's the kind of thing that you do and you want to do it. I know you're a champion hella skier, Fred. I'm hella um, good at it. Let's <laughs> just set that up for, I, I don't know why I. Dad joke, so horrible. terrible. Right. You know. Uh, that's all fine, but you know, but if somebody really injures themselves in the course of doing that, now you, now you've got trust issues, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, e e even things that they would want to do that that seem perfectly fine, you know, if it, if it's something that creates risk in and of itself, now you now you've hurt trust. So that's that's the main thing. Don't do anything too extreme. Yeah, and and there's an element there of like know your client. Right. To your point about right. the hella skiing, right? Like you wouldn't drop that on somebody who, you know, um, who repeatedly talks about their bum knee. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your Even if that's your, yeah. If that, you know, particularly if you think client entertainment is doing something that is your passion, that's maybe where you should be a little bit more on guard about, you know, creating a situation that, um, uh, so I'll give you an example of where that, I'll give you a fun, maybe not fun, but an example where that line could be drawn. So I had a client one time that um, found out that uh, here where we live, you know, if you go to a shooting range, you can use um, automatic weapons, right? And he, I'm not making this up. And he, he, he was coming into town. He wanted to do stuff together. And he asked, hey, can we go do that? And I, I took him to do it. Um, but it was just me and him. And he was somebody that I trusted to be safe and okay in that situation. Right. Um, 
you know, uh, it, would I take like a big group of clients to go do that? No. Um, so it's like, I knew this person very well and I was comfortable with him doing it, but, but I would actually hold that out as an example of something to not do. It's too extreme uh, for most general client situations. I did it once. It's, it's probably something I will only do once and probably only for that person. And you did it at the client's request. So, and I did it at their request again, you know, knowing that, that they would be safe and, you know, everything would, would be fine. It's, it's not really my passion anyway. Um, so probably another reason I'm not going to do it again, but yeah. Yeah. See see where that line, yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of gray area. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest and, and kind of more direct about some of the stuff we're talking about here as the day goes on during client client entertainment, and it wears into the evening and dinner and cocktails and so forth. And, you know, it can go a lot of different places. Uh, and so you need to make sure that you are always in control and understand where you are and what is going on and what, you know, the decisions that are being made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so since most of these rules are kind of unwritten, let's just lay out what the written rules are since we wrote them in a book called oh. a dragon walks into a meeting. Holy Shameless plug. That was a segue of all segues. No, that was a terrible segue. And that was a, just a plug. But let's, let's, why don't we go through the. No, the, the plug was horrible. The segue was good. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's go through the rules. Let's go through right. the rules. There's, there's six rules. Um, the first is be the host. The second is let the client invite whomever they want. Level match the participants. That's number three. Number four, when ordering food and beverage, uh, take charge and keep it simple. Number five, always be kind to the staff or whoever is helping you uh, with the event. And number six is always, 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 always get the check. Unless the client fights you for it, which occasionally does happen, but I could probably count on one hand the number of times that's happened in my career. Um, and then... Um, and then we'll talk about uh, some other things after that. But those are the six main rules. So let's go through each one. Yeah, let's do that. Um, you, as you go through these, I'm like, oh, yep, check. Um, I told you before we started recording, I've been traveling a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we talk at the beginning about th- it, this. This is something, this client entertainment thing, it just sounds so simple and it's so easy. And and, and it's very, very basic, like the, the really the content and what we're talking about here. It's 101. I've been doing this for a really long time. I just got back from a big conference out in Vegas. Everybody goes to it. And, and I'm looking at the list and I'm like, number six, always, always get the check. I've like I was with somebody that I work with. It's a person that, you know, and we were just having a catch up lunch thingy and, and I should, and, and the check came, she was like, I got it. And I was like, no, I got it. And it just was this thing. And, and I ended up letting her pay for it. And it didn't matter because we were both going to expense it. It just was one of those things of like, I like, why did I even, I just been like, Hey, I got it. No worries. Like, boom, like it would have been over. And and just, it's one of those things where you walk away from the table, no harm, no foul. I've known her for a long time, but in hindsight, I would have done it differently. And part of that's yeah. kind of being the part of that's being out of practice, right? We've all been sitting in our home <laughs> offices for 18 months. Yeah. Right. And, and so this probably is a great time to brush off some of these rules, but, but if we go back to the top, be the host, what is like, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, to, to add on to your point, I mean, all of this, it sounds like no duh. Like, oh, well, yeah, I knew that it it wouldn't be listed like this. And we wouldn't have written about it if um, we hadn't seen it go wrong in practice a lot. Right. And so you have to kind of have the you have to have a structure. You have to have have these things in mind when you're doing client entertainment. Otherwise, it'll because it is by its nature, you know, kind of um, a loosey goosey situation. You know, people think that they kind of lose sight of some of this fundamental stuff. So, yeah, so it all starts with being the host. So that's the number one thing. So if you're the account manager and you're at a client and you suggest doing some entertainment, which is, you know, usually drinks or dinner, but, you know, could be uh, going to a sporting event or could be, you know, many other different things. When we say be the host, be the person who a has an idea of where to go, like suggest something um, has, has a notion prepared ahead of time and, 
sets it up and makes it happen. Unless the client really wants to do it for you. That does happen sometimes. And that's fine. Let them do that. Don't, don't be like, no, no, I have to do it. Um, but, you know, most clients aren't thinking that far ahead of time. And, you know, and even though you're visiting their town, have a notion of where to go. So if they say, hey, well, let's go to dinner. Don't go. I don't know. Where do you want to go? Right. No, they have, have something kind of thought out ahead of time. Yeah. That, you should ask them what they might like. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, part of being a good host. Right. You, you, want, you, know, you know what you, to do you to be a good steak host. Steak or right. Italian. And right. But then but right. on the heels of that, don't be flat footed, like know what the two or three go to's are for everyone, right. like whatever that response is. Right. Eventually, right. you know, exactly. the client, you don't have to ask that question, but be the host. I will tell you where be the host comes into play. When I read this, I'll be the host like, yep. OK, the be the host for me is when you were at dinner, there is always a, a head of the table. The, mm -hmm. the, 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 the uh, servers and the maitre d', there, there is somebody that they will kind of anoint, like, okay, you're going to be the one that orders the wine for the table. That's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be the one, like, are we doing appetizers? Like, when you have a big table, it can get real, it can get really weird and awkward. Like, I don't know, what do you want? What do you want? Blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, be the host is also an element of like, be decisive. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a little bit of uh, number four in this list, but the two go together. That's exactly right. So, um, you know, when the uh, let's say it's a lunchtime event and you're in a culture, probably a little more common in Europe than the U.S. or uh, where people have a glass of wine during lunch. Like that's that's less common in the U.S., but but common in other countries and people don't know, are we going to do that or not? You're the one who sets the tone for that. So you go ahead and order a glass of wine if that's appropriate. Right. Um, you know, if, if that's appropriate. So those kinds of lead things where people are kind of flailing around, that is part of that host job is you kind of set the tone. Are we going to order appetizers? Yes, we're going to order appetizers and you're going to do it for the table. Right. Just to kind of get everything going and be the host. Um Sporting event, you, you've you already procured the tickets um, to the event, right? Or we're going to go do a fun thing. Like we're going to go to, I don't know, I'm making this up. We're going to go to Dave and Buster's or something silly like that, right? You've already thought through what that costs and, you know, the process for, you know, gaining entry and, you know, getting everything situated, right? You, you're the host. You've, you've got the plan. Yeah. It, and people love that. Yeah. And they love it. People love being told what to do in those situations. That's exactly right. It takes right. all the pressure off. Right. Right. That's right. That's well, what you're doing. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like you can't, you know, make decisions for other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, and then I, I it's just a flow of information here that is so sort of, if you, once you've done it for a while, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause, cause you know, when you're, when you're ordering that food and you're interacting and being the host, it means being gracious as well. Yeah, that's right. exactly right. That's that's exactly right. Well, uh, so that speaks to number number two, which is your favorite. Let the client invite whoever they want. I know you have a story about this. You've told it before. Um, I so the guy. Now I have to remind you of your own story. Yeah, I've heard yeah, stories yeah. from you often yeah. enough that I have to repeat them. But is that where we're at in our relationship? Yeah. That's a that's. <laughs> yeah, a good, yeah. Good place to be. So, um, it was sort of a famous dinner that you hosted for a client one time where um you're at the table uh having dinner with your clients and then an executive from the client comes in, walks up to the bar and on your tab orders like three additional dinners, takes them home and leaves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You remember that story? Yeah. And okay. I've seen that happen a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, that, yeah. So there's that example, which is kind of horrible. And just the point being, don't, I mean, that's awful. We'll talk about expenses in a second, but if you have to explain it to your boss, then you, you can just explain it generally. And your boss will be like, oh, okay. I literally be like, all right, I understand and don't let it happen again. Or they'll be like, okay, fine. Like they don't, you know, it, it's just a circumstance you have to deal with. But the probably more important part is, if you can get your client to invite people to the entertainment that you don't know, that's your opportunity because you might be making contacts with people, other people within their organization who might need your products or services. And if nothing else, you're going to grow your relationship map, which we've talked about building that out before. So that's something that if they invite other people, it's because they think that maybe there's some value there. You should agree to that very readily. 
100%. I have seen people dig in on this. I have actually seen, I have actually seen people get into, but she doesn't have anything to do with our project. Yeah. And I am like, what? Yeah. That's not even an option. Like, Hey, I want to invite the mail route. You bet. Bring them. Great. Bring the, the mailroom person. Sure. Yeah, Sounds you good. bet. You bet. And and you would be shocked at what kind of information you might get at yeah. the mailroom. But like, don't don't knock it. Right. right? That's These a great things, point. Like the things that they might be willing to tell you, you'd be surprised because they're not in, maybe as intimately involved in whatever it is that you're doing. They might give you some information that would be really useful. That's right. That's I've seen right. that happen. Yeah. 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 They don't know and, enough to not tell you the the inside story, right? Like, yeah. you know, the, yeah. So, yeah, no, that you can get some really good inside scoop, but, and, and that's true of all things in all levels and just embrace it. I, I will tell you the story of the individual coming in and ordering the dinners to go. The instinctive sort of reaction from everybody is to go, he can't do that. How dare he? And I got to do something about this. And the answer is you absolutely don't, right? Yeah. That individual is tacky. That individual has poor judgment, right? But you're not going to fix that. You're not going to do anything about it. No. And you're not going to compromise a, an important relationship over $200 of erroneous dinners. That's right. Your job is to build trust with the client. Is that, you know, is that a good thing that that happened? Or, you know, I if you're... If you say, I don't want to be taken advantage of, and that's your kind of primary motivator around climate entertainment, that's not a good, that's not a good frame. Like these kinds of little things can happen when you're doing climate entertainment. You just have to kind of roll with it is really the real point. Yeah. Don't get, don't get emotional. Don't get emotional. Uh, Next on the list, level match participants. Mm -hmm. You brought your CEO. He or she is seated next to a beer fueled intern. Maybe not the best, maybe not the best look. Not good for the company. Great for YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Excellent for for YouTube fun. Right. Here's Skippy, seven beers in, talking to (laughs) Thurston Howell the third. And how for everybody under 35, that's a reference to Gilligan's Island, a classic television sitcom from the 1960s. And so I actually made it. The reason I had to say that I made a Gilligan's Island reference the other day. And I looked at I looked at the person I was talking to. The blank look on their face told me everything I needed to know about whether that landed. Oh, that's so awesome. Don't get me started. I, I was in a meeting the other day talking about old man stuff. Now, I was in a meeting the other day and a, a co-worker of mine who's a little younger than we are. He uh, he leaned in and he started using the metaphor about building cars and what kind of car you're trying to build. And he's like, you know, if you're trying to build a Pinto. And I was like, nobody on this call knows what a Pinto is. Pinto is. Yeah. Nobody. You're nobody. Yourself. I actually called him on it too. So that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So level match participants. Yes. So that's just really making sure if whatever level, you know, you've brought um, to the meeting that they have, you know, a roughly equivalent person, it's, it's not going to be perfect um, and don't get overly hung up on it, but you just don't, again, you just don't want your CEO there with, you know, their lowest level staff. I mean, as a practical matter, you're always probably going to be one notch lower as a vendor than they are. Right. So if you, if you're a vent, let's say you're a a medium sized company and you're a vendor to a large multinational, well, you're, you're not, you know, you're not going to get their CEO in that, you know, if your CEO came to the meeting, he probably, he or she would probably be paired with, you know, a vice president from, you know, yeah. from that company they're not going to get their ceo because they're just much larger organizations you have to have some common sense about this but you need to you know r- roughly match you know career maturation level if you will yeah i it is simple to me um you need to it keeps the it keeps the conversations at the appropriate level Right. Right. So it, it's like-minded people talking about like-minded theories and philosophies or right. execution. Right. Right. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value there. And I think that those conversations at different levels will yield different types of input that will 
yield different value for the relationship. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's pretty important. Um, the next rules when ordering food and beverage, take charge and keep it simple. We talked about ch- taking charge already. Right. So, you know, do, do things to kind of, particularly if you're doing a meal situation, get the thing moving. Right. So order the, the uh, wine, if that's appropriate, order appetizers, you know, kind of take charge of kind of laying the groundwork for what's acceptable. Um, and, um, but keep it simple. So don't ask for, uh, you know, a lot of really complicated things with food, kind of just order right off the menu again, to kind of keep it simple and keep things moving. Don't ask to cut the sunflower seeds in half or, uh, crunched up ice cubes. I have a story about this. So this is a little bit about, you know, everyone should follow your lead. I have a little bit of a funny story. It wasn't quite an account management situation. It was a situation where, um, well, it is a little bit. So I, we were a vendor to a large, uh, multinational company. We went out for a big dinner that the, that the company actually invited us to and paid for. So it was a little bit unusual. So our client actually invited us to this really lovely luxury dinner and they paid for it. But, um, you know, maybe, but it, we had a large group and I was kind of the lead from, you know, the vendor side. And one of the folks, um, on my team kind of, when we got to the end of the meal, uh, you know, at the end of the meal, I was kind of, you know, before I didn't want dessert, I kind of wanted to be done because it had already been a really long meal and I was ready to go. Um, and, you know, and the client was ready to go too. And the waiter came around and offered desserts. And we had a person who's kind of relatively new on the team and ordered like the most exotic dessert on the menu where they brought it out and then had like a flambe flames thing that they lit on fire and then poured on top of the of the dessert to light the whole thing on fire and it was this big production number and so it was just this one person and then the rest of the 14 people were all sitting there watching oh my gosh (laughs) you are kidding it was great and so i you know um so that kind of broke two rules one kind of follow the lead of the of whoever the account manager is. And then two, keeping it simple, you know, they got this like really elaborate dessert. So we wound up teasing that person quite a bit. Sure. Uh, we still tease them to this day. It was pretty funny. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting that it, the lead on dessert, dessert is a very iffy thing. It's kind of one of those things like everybody gets it or nobody gets it to your point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and yeah. So it, as the account manager, you set, you can kind of set that. Right. You, you can set that tone. And right. if you don't want a dessert, but you want to kind of open that window, one of the things I'll do a lot of times is I'll just get like a decaf or just, you know, a regular coffee oh, that's good. to, to yeah. wash the meal down. And then that opens it up for people of like, oh, I could get a coffee or I could get a, right. you know, I can get a port or maybe I get a slice of pie. Now, now I have options uh, just, and it's funny, like you kind of, people are probably listening to this going, really? Yeah. Why are they down in these details? Because you're trying to avoid awkwardness so you can build trust. That's why we're down in these details. We're not doing it because like I give a crap about coffee and dessert. Who cares? Right. We're trying to avoid any kind of awkwardness because we're trying to build trust and comfort. And actually you doing that is a really brilliant way of saying I'm okay if anybody wants to have dessert. I'm just getting this little coffee because I'm, you know, you're trying to keep a trim figure because you're Fred Fuller. Um, as, as we I, all know. Yeah. Yeah. Looks. I, look, I, I'm, I'm still using the thigh master. <laughs> you would put Suzanne Summers. You put that in with the Pinto and Thurston Howe. Will yeah. You? Wow. That was a, that's a lot of ancient. Uh, I'm going to work yeah. a reference to smoking the bandit in here any minute now. Just give me, give me a couple of, <laughs> give me a couple of minutes. It's, it's coming. Um, okay. All right. Well, we, we, you guys got it. We get, we beat that to death. Uh, the fifth is be kind to the staff. This should be obvious, but I have actually seen people not do this. It's not cool. Uh, particularly if the staff messes up and you you're like worried and afraid because it's like messing up your client's experience. And then you kind of lash out at them. Not cool. Don't do it. Cause it, what does it do? It erodes trust. Right. And so being gracious, even if they mess up saying it's okay, you know, tipping well, all those things, you know, being kind to the staff, you know, you, you don't win any cred points by being, unpleasant to the the folks who are helping you with whatever your event is. Yeah, you do not. It um 100% people think that they think they're advocating for their client, right? 
They yeah. think they are taking up for their client. And let me show yeah. you how I can take control of a situation. Right. And this is the kind of guy you're going to work with. And this is what you get with me yeah. and us and this I'm company. And yeah, no, nobody like one in one in 500 are going to appreciate that approach. Right. If it's that good of a number, just not worth it. Plus, I tell you, the, for me personally, that's just not how I interact with people. And it brings up an interesting thing of, yeah, well, so when you order the steak and you say medium well, and it comes out rare, which is a big difference in a, in a rare, like it, the food is not what you wanted. It's not what you ordered. It's not to your liking. Look, if there's a very sort of gentle way of, Hey, could I get this cooked a little bit longer? Maybe. And, but maybe, but even then I, I will typically kind of default to I'll roll with whatever's on the table. We'll have the, you know, stuff out. And if I want to order something, I'll figure out a way to address that without making any kind of a yeah. thing of, if it's something where the client has a timetable, they need to be back in the office by a certain time, then I'm not sending it back. I'm going to go ahead and eat it, right? Like I'm just going to go, you know, get done or maybe wolf down an entire loaf of bread. I don't know, one or the other. Um, but, you know, um, we don't, you know, we don't really talk about table manners in any of this. I just realized, I think that's just kind of assumed. You know, actually, it's probably worth mentioning, you know, as we don't talk about what fork to use, that's not what this is about, what this is really all about. We're all in, and this is actually you know, your point about being kind to the staff and, you know, not being kind of a pain about your food. It, the whole exercise is to build trust, right? So if you get a stain on your tie, it'll probably be okay. But then if you do something really weird, the you, anything that erodes trust, that's where you're losing. Yeah, I think when it comes to table manners, like you're right, like I don't, I'm not Emily Post. And if I sat right. here and told you which fork to use, I'd probably be wrong. And I think there's something about that that is okay. So you don't, right. to your point, like you can't be a complete moron, like don't pick up the soup bowl and tip it up and be like, yeah, like that's not the answer. <laughs> right. But I'd like to I've, see that. I've done it. I've done it. I was, yeah, no, don't like, obviously that's not the answer, but like the elbows on the table thing and, you know, like getting real crazy. Like I kind of, I also on that, I will follow the client's lead a little bit. So if I go right. out to eat with a client and he kind of leans in, he's got his elbows on the table and he's talking football. I'm like, okay, cool. That's what we're doing here. Right. Right. That's right. Um, and along those lines, our last rule, always, always, always get the check. Yep. Um, it, it, and so we'll talk about expense management here really briefly, but you know, it, it's, it's the right thing to do. Again, it's avoiding awkwardness. Just go into that with your presumption. Presume that is always going to happen. If you think, if you're in a situation where from an expense management standpoint, you can't pick up the check, you probably ought to think about whether or not you should do the event, right? Cause you need to pick up the check at the end. Right. So, you know, I can't speak to how your company manages, expenses, but like, this is kind of a, a must have, I think. I will tell you, uh, I once entertained clients at an offsite. Um, it was a, a very nice event and everything was covered and it was, um, it was well done and mm -hmm. it was a nice, um, it was a nice getaway. And there was a lot of money spent on this. It was very nice and very well done. And so there could have easily been an expectation that when we get to the event, any additional expenses, like they'll pick some of those up. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could rationalize right. that. If you took a family member to the beach and you paid for the hotel, they'd be like, well, let me get the meal. Let me get this meal or let me do this. Or right. Let me do that. Right. right. No, not in this situation, not in this scenario. Right. right. No, I went into that event knowing good and well that I would pay for everything from the moment I arrived to the moment I got on the plane and left. That yeah. was my job. Right. Yeah. And again, it's, it's going back to that, you know, I had a, um, when I first was in sales, I had a sales manager to see he, his thing was don't let that check float around the table. Like that mm. was, that was his way of saying this. I thought that was a pretty good way of saying it, but yeah. This speaks to expense management a little bit. I mean, the number one rule, we talked about this before when we were talking about the travel thing, is you know, spend it like it's your own money, right? And if you do that, even if you get out on a limb a little bit with expenses, you probably can justify it to your boss if you can go explain the scenario and the circumstances, right? Hey, boss, the check came back. It was more than I was expecting, but I'm not going to let it float around the table you know, in front of our clients. So I, I snatched it out of the air and, and paid the 
and paid the bill and, and I did the right thing. Um, so, you know, you, you might get in a little bit of hot water, but it's, you're just much better than, um, you know, and if you don't know, and if you're not sure, then definitely get the check and, and worry about it later. And it'll be a good way to find out whether or not, you know, what your company's tolerance for expenses actually is. Yeah. You, 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 that's, that's the deal. You got to get it. I mean, you yeah, got to pay for yeah. it. I think, you know, it's, what's an interesting thing to, to do as part of an organization, if you're not sure sort of the philosophies and, and whatever the uh, sort of rules of engagement are for your organization is make sure you know those rules, right? There's an HR manual somewhere that says what you can and can't do and yeah. pay and not pay and all that good stuff. And then there's probably conversations to be had with people that are, that are working in a similar space within that organization to say, I know, you know, like the rules covered this and that and the other, there's, there's these things that weren't covered. How do you approach those things? Right. Like, and, yeah. and get sort of what's the lay of the land and acceptable and not acceptable and, and then proceed accordingly, you know, you know educated. I, I tell you every company that I've ever been with, at least here in the, in the U S um, the constraint has never been my budget for doing client entertainment. It's whether or not I can get clients out to agree to go out and be entertained. That's the much larger constraint generally, because, you know, people don't necessarily want to do that all the time. And it's tough to set those things up. There's a lot of logistics and all those kinds of things. So that's the bigger constraint. So if my, if I ever had a boss that complained about this, I mean, I would say, well, look boss, like, I mean, it's tough enough to get clients to go out and do these kinds of things. I think we're getting a lot of value out of doing it. I found out these three things and I strengthened the relationship in this way. I can guarantee you most, at least most U.S. companies, um, you know, nine times out of 10, your boss is going to say, oh, good job. Yeah. It's part of the job. Right. It's part of the job. And yeah. if and if you are trying to do these things and your organization is telling you no, I mean, then there's, there's a, there's a lot of power in that knowledge as well. Yeah. So if that check comes back and it's, and you think your client's going to get it, you can think about it, but don't do it. <laughs> I did it. I did, did it. it. That's, yes. that's from Smokey and the Bandit. Oh my gosh. What a reference. <laughs> Sheriff Buford T. Justice has arrived. Holy goodness. What a great episode this is. Wow. That was, yeah. uh, I see how I tied that in. It's this is the creativity is uh whoa. <laughs> whoa, we had a really good segue. Let's see how many other smoking dependent <laughs> references we can work into the rest of this. Okay. All right, Fred, let's move on to yes. um Get well uh, let's briefly touch on um entertaining remotely in this pandemic society that we're all in. Yeah. Um that's actually a pretty interesting sort of what what do we do to entertain remotely? Um, yeah. It's and, entertainment is hard. Is I, I mentioned this is more. I, I think entertainment is hard. Yeah, I have done some things and you can do some things that are pretty cool. Like um, there's a lot of uh, services available now where you can do like have wine sent to a client and do like a virtual wine tasting. Um, have like a fun party box of food sent to your client and do like a virtual unboxing and, and enjoy that together. Virtual entertainment, it's hard. I tend to lean more towards in a world where it's, it's very hard to, it's very hard to entertain, not in person, um, focus more on relationship building when you're not in person, which is obviously over the phone or, you know, um, a video conferencing program like Zoom. Um you know, you, you have to focus more on that. And that's just you having conversations with your client and getting to know them doing all the aforementioned things we've mentioned in a million other podcasts. That's my lean. What, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think it's got to be intentional, right? And it's got to be, um, it's intentional and it's not. So it's something that it, you're doing uh, all the time. Like what, it's just a natural thing for me that I get on the phone with somebody like we're doing right now. And my, my mm -hmm. first, Hey man, what's going on? How you doing? You know? And, right. and that recall of how was, you know, how was the birthday party and those things like that, that's important and powerful. And it shows that you are really sincerely interested. And so I think it, maybe it's less about intentional, non-intentional and boiling down to, you know, it is it, just do the things that, that build relationships, whether you're in person or not. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it kind yeah. of falls under the premise of like uh, seek to understand and yeah. then be understood, like like put your interest in them. Right. So have that yeah. conversation. 
Listen. Yeah, that's a great point, right? Like, like maybe it's, don't think about it in terms of you're trying to entertain clients remotely. Think about it. You're trying to build relationships remotely. What would you do then? Right. And yeah, that's a, that's a great way of thinking about it. Um, let's talk about a little bit more about when things go wrong, starting with what happens when the fun doesn't stop. Hmm. We've all been there. Yes. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Uh, uh, meaning that we're all wearing party hats. What? Yeah, what yeah. Now? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And you get the things and it's 3.30 in the morning and, uh, yeah. you know. and uh, you Let's get... go find a late night place. Mm-hmm. It's already yeah. 3.30. What was yeah, your you... definition of late night? <laughs> when does it become morning? It, it... If ever I'm ordering hash browns, like that's a late night right there, <laughs> right? Smothered you find yourself in Waffle, you find yeah. yourself in Waffle House at three in the morning, like um, you know, don't take pictures, put the cameras away, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I look when the fun never ends. I think there's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of comes into that. Um, awareness is key. Period. Yeah. Right. Um, just aware of what you are getting into. And in the first time or two, you go out with a client, you may know, OK, I don't know that, you know, these people, you know, they're they want to go out and, and stay out and have fun or they, you know, they're, they're really, you know, just kind of more interested in, in hanging out and being low key and whatever. Right. But yeah, having some notion of what you're getting into prior to the thing starting is critical. Yeah. And I think the. The main thing here is planning ahead, right? And so it's helpful if you, if you know the client, you know their proclivity is to go out for really late nights, then definitely plan ahead. But if you don't know, still, you know, if you don't know the client that well, still plan ahead because you just never know what can happen. You know, 90% of the time, most clients, when they do the entertainment, whatever that is, and then everybody, you know, uh, then ever, you know, the event or dinner or whatever it is, and then they, everybody leaves, right? That's not the 90% case. There is a 10% case where people do things that are way, want to do things that are way beyond. And I'll tell you, I had a client one time that was um, in consulting, there was a hotel chain. Those were some people who, who like to light it up late at night. <laughs> like they, they have great stories too, by the way, hotel people, they, uh, they, they, oh, they see a lot of things that are uh, very, very interesting. Um, so, you know, so sometimes certain industries can kind of, can kind of be that way. Um, so if you know that going into, it, then you need to have a you need to have a plan. So there's a few points here of things to do. One is to appoint a sacrifice player. Number two is to consider ahead what your graceful exit will be. Um, and number three, uh, be you know when kind of things get a little out of hand. Remember, alcohol is, dang- is useful and alcohol is dangerous. Um, and uh, and we'll talk about what that means. Yes. <laughs> this is this yeah. is the pod. This is the part of the podcast where we leave most of it unsaid and we just whisper. Yeah. Versus like actually saying what we're really what's really uh, going on here. It's kind of an interpretive dance. No, this is weird, man. Uh, yeah. It, the um, a point uh, a point a sacrifice player. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you have somebody on your team that you brought with you into the client who is willing to stay out late with the client, like pick, figure out who that one person is ahead of time and say, okay, you're the sacrifice player. And maybe the the you know, maybe they're not having to be quite as on for the meeting the next day. Right. Yeah. If you if you have this available to you, if you're doing it by yourself, obviously you don't have available to you, but it but if you have it available, it's a good, it's a good way to kind of plan ahead and make sure you've got somebody on point to entertain the client, but it's not you. Be smart about it. Here, here's the thing. When you have a party animal and he, you know, this person, he or she likes to go That's out, always you know, you're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> likes to go out late into the, yeah. Oh, so, well, I shouldn't say that. No, <laughs> I have a great story that's counter no. to that. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, I was in a city. I can tell this story with full uh, anonymity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Don't say like, what city or anything. Okay. Yeah. I was in a city uh, with a couple of coworkers and a couple of clients mm-hmm. and the clients said like, Hey, let's, let's have some fun. They're like, all right, you know, sure. Mm -hmm. And so we started and we had the nice steak dinner. Right. 
and cocktails and then more cocktails and then more cocktails. And somebody said, you know, there's this service in this city. It's a party bus, basically. Mm-hmm. And what, you guys want to get a party bus and like just drive around the city? It's like, um, we can, right? Let's do it. And so it really was like a super uber black kind of a thing. So it was this big mm-hmm. like conversion van or whatever. And so we hop, we get in this Uber and whatever it is. And, and there is a, an open bar. Nice. And it's got the party lights and it's got the music. Fun. And two hours later, like it was a, it was a disaster. Like it was not pretty by any, nothing, nothing bad happened. Nothing inappropriate. Like we, everybody we was just, just, huh? Everybody was just, uh, drinking too much is what you're everybody saying. just had too much to drink. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it, it can be, you know what you're getting into ahead of time, yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. the, is the big thing and, and be smart about it. So there are times where you will go into town to see the party animal and, but you got to like real, some real business and so forth to tend to, and then you need to manage that accordingly. You well, you, the, the example you're making is somebody, somebody surprised you a little bit, like they're not normally that way, but then all of a sudden they just wanted to go out and tear it up. So you need to be ready for that. Like, and yeah. what, what's, what's your plan? So that's yeah. good. And uh, yeah, so the the other thing we say is if you don't have a sacrifice player, consider the graceful exit. So if you need to be, you know, particularly if you need to be sharp for the next day for the meeting or whatever, right? Think about how you're going to kind of get out of that so you can get some rest, um, you know, for your for your meeting, whatever business you have to conduct the next day. So, you know, things like, um, you know, maybe be willing to leave the tab open at the bar and say, hey, you know, I, I need to leave, but I'll leave this open so you guys can continue to have fun, right? Um, think about, you know, what, what you might say as a, as a reason to, to leave, I need to catch a flight or I need to, um, you know, uh, prepare some, some documents for my boss, you know, wh- whatever it is, you know, just give some thought to how you might, um, gracefully make your exit if things are going maybe a little bit longer than you wanted to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, and then, uh, and all that leads to drinks are useful, useful and dangerous. Yes. It yeah, useful. Yeah. yeah. So drink. So um, here's an interesting uh, tidbit. I had a professor in business school who um, studied negotiations and actually his specialty was the influence of alcohol on negotiations. And I, I won't belabor it here, but you know, the summary of that is the alcohol is useful and dangerous, uh, useful in that, you know, every, a couple of drinks can kind of loosen people up and, uh, give you the ability to build trust, right? Because you're kind of, maybe you've both dropped your guard a little bit. Uh, beyond that, right, with more to drink, then it can get dangerous and you can drop your guard too much and you and things can go wrong and cause problems. Our word of advice to account managers is, you know, for you limiting yourself to one, two, you know, kind of depending on what your limit is, is very appropriate. Know what that limit is and limit yourself to that limit. But the number one thing is no matter how much they're drinking and how much you're drinking, you must maintain your professional discipline. And even if the client starts crying on your shoulder about how terrible work is and the terrible people they work for and all those kinds of things, that is not your opportunity to reciprocate and start crying on their shoulder about how terrible your organization is because you're the vendor, they're the client. That That's a one-way street. Yeah, there's two traps here. Mm. Right. For me, I think the the first trap is, hey, man, you know, uh, we really love working with you guys. And I'm sorry, my boss is such a jerk. Right. And then Mm. you go, you go, yeah, why is that, man? I think why is he such an asshole? Right. Right. Boom. You Mm. just walked right into messed up. You messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so do not commiserate on that side. Don't like, just like, hey, you know. And don't commiserate on their side also. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah. And don't also turn around. Don't worry. Yeah. My boss is an asshole. Like you can't. Nope. That's not. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, Fred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a one way street. And it's when we say one way, it's, it's one way, right? People can get too loose and they start oversharing with you. That is not an opportunity for you to start oversharing back with them. That's right. I like to, I like to say it this way, John, it's one way in all directions. I like to say it's eastbound and down. (laughs) 
loaded up and running. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Uh, you okay. you uh, you're you're on your A game today, John. Brown. <laughs> Big time. Big time. Um, we have one final kind of, uh, you know, what word to the wise thing to watch out for the, I guess kind of negative thing about client entertainment and that's around harassment, which probably is mostly, we would call it sexual harassment. Um, we, we cover this pretty extensively in the book. So we would advise you to pick up a copy and, and, you know, that way you really make sure that we cover all of the details. But the main thing to know is um, if harassment is going to occur in account management context, it's probably going to occur in this context of client entertainment because of alcohol, probably. Right. Or, and you're offsite, you're not in the meeting room. Right. So that's probably where it's going to happen. Uh, the main thing is it's so much worse because it's a client situation, which is your, your company's source of revenue. Then, then even, well, I don't know if it's worse. It's, it's a bad situation compounded by the fact that, you know, this is your company's source of revenue. So that can make everything really go sideways. So it, it, this is a, a very serious kind of situation we would want to treat uh, really seriously. And uh, we won't go into all the advice we have in the book, but the main thing we would say is take it seriously, um, document uh, everything um, and um, in, in general, in the United States, it's illegal to retaliate against people for reporting sexual harassment. We generally advise that you do report it um, in uh, in almost every case to your HR. Yeah, I would say that we we actually debated talking about it here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you can't act like I thought not mentioning it feels like you're you know, there's an elephant in the room or whatever. Right. And because it is an elephant. And because it is the training industry around harassment alone has got to be, I don't know, billions, mm -hmm. right? M meaning that it, we're not going to cover it in a five minute talk. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. We don't have time it, to cover it. it, it there's here, so right? much risk and there's so much like <laughs> go follow your company's rules, get their training, do whatever it is. Um, it's, if you see it, you have obligations based on whatever it is your company's yeah. training is. And that's the, that's the best I would tell you is follow that protocol. Like, yeah. I don't want to get take into it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, I guess what we're really saying is don't excuse it as, Hey, everybody had too much to drink. Like don't yep. like take, take it seriously is, is what we're trying to tell you. And so depending on, you know, where you live, whether it's inside the U S or out, uh, you know, you, your local company, like there's a lot of variables there and we cover a little bit of it in the, in the books. We can't give a spe super specific advice, but we, we do urge you to take it seriously. Yeah. No, yeah. no question whatsoever. No question. So that is, that is client entertainment. And again, you know, we, we talked about this at, at the beginning, it just so much, so much of this feels so basic, so rudimentary, like, really, do you really have to say these things? And I can go through this list and I can cite an example on every single one of these items. So uh, you, it, it sounds like you want to take it for granted, but it, you know, you, you can't, uh, it's the stuff that you do every single day. And it's uh, the stuff that's easy to forget about at times. So uh, the basics, remember the basics. That's right. Um, it, it's it, client entertainment. It, it's the best way to learn things about your client, um, outside of work and build relationships and trust. It's really fantastic to be aware of the rules, be the host, let the client invite whoever they want level match participants when ordering food and beverage, take charge and keep it simple. Be kind to the staff and always, always, um, get the check, uh, to avoid, to mitigate late night situations, always appoint a sacrifice player, consider ahead your graceful exit and be very mindful that alcohol is both useful and very dangerous. Um, cool. that's, that's it for today. Get, hey, Fred, guess what it's time for? Oh my gosh. Tell me. It is time for the listener mailbag here. Let me open up the mailbag. I love it. And guys, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh man, it's just, it's technology. John. It's because you're a child. It's technology. It's technology. Yeah. Um, what do we have? Uh, actually, first question in, in the mailbag um, was one we kind of covered in the podcast, but I think it's worth uh, mentioning. Jim, Jimmy uh, from Serbia uh, wrote us a very nice note and said he recently discovered the podcast and uh, works as an account operations manager in a tech company that specializes in the U.S. market. 
Um, his challenge is he doesn't live in the U.S. and um, he's going to try to come to the U.S., but he wants to know ways to get better engaged with clients since he can't uh, meet them in person. And it's tough because phone calls and emails are a tough way to take a relationship to the to the next level. So what advice do we have? I have a couple of thoughts. The first mm -hmm. is um, I'm going to assume that like a video conference is implied here when you say the phone calls and the emails. Mm -hmm. But if you are not leveraging video conferencing, it's a must. Um, and you, you just got to do that. It's face to face. You see somebody, you just, yeah. you know, it takes everything to a whole different level. So that's something you really need to, to push on if that's not happening today. And then the second thing I would say is it's, um, it's all about the content. It's all about what you're talking about at this point in time. And so whether you're talking to somebody face to face or video or on the phone or whatever that communication is via email, um, the objective to build connections and trust is to get to know people and take a genuine interest in who they right. are and in what they like and what they don't like and what's important to them. And that's with work and outside of work. And one of the ways to make that happen is by sharing some of those same things about yourself, right? Because when yeah. you first start doing some of this and ask asking some of these questions, having these conversations, people are going to be a little guarded, right? Um, depending on where it's coming from and how long you've known them. But that is the way that, that I would think about like open exchange of information. Um, talk about things that matter. Don't get too personal. That'll weird people out like, oh, well, where do you live? You know? Atlanta. Well, we're in Atlanta, East Atlanta. Oh, really? Tell me like, no, that gets weird. Right. But you know, know, know where you are in that relationship and then proceed accordingly. That's my immediate thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back to what I said before. It's, it's tough to do client entertainment over zoom. It is possible. There are services where you can share things and then kind of try, you know, do them together on zoom. I actually go to um, kind of a little bit of what you just said. Um, try to find every little opportunity to get to know people and ask them about themselves. One thing I've found to be really effective is to um, try to touch base with people, one, without an agenda, right? So outside of normal meetings, like if you can just call someone and just have a 10 minute conversation about nothing at all, like, how, or, you know, how's your family? What are you doing for the holidays? You know, whatever that conversation is. And, uh, you know, building relationships that way is the key. And I realize that's really tough to do in Jimmy's situation, you know, that's, uh, there's a huge time difference and, um, and you're having to do it all, you know, kind of, um, by calling and that, that it, it, I don't want to minimize the challenge, but trying to find those little opportunities outside of your normal meetings is the number one thing. And then the other thing I recommend to people is do it sometimes just call them on the phone. So the thing about video conferencing can be exhausting. Like a little bit goes a long way because mm. you do face-to-face -face is how humans get to know each other. So there's something to that, but sometimes if it's like on a Friday afternoon and you just want to call some of your clients and check in and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know, really enjoyed working with you this week. Um, have a great weekend. And then you can kind of get into a five, 10 minute conversation to just personalize a little bit. It can be more relaxing because you're not on video and you're just, you know, on the phone having a conversation. In other words, don't be afraid of that ancient technology because it can be a little bit less intimidating to people because I, you know, I don't have to like put on my stuff to, you know, have a conversation with you. That's a great point. This is a yeah. really, really good point. I will add another very tactical thing here. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy, if you are working with people in the U.S., uh, many folks in the U.S. have a lot of passion around the sports teams where they live. Mm. Right? right now, we're going into American football playoff season. If you are a Chicago Bears fan, and you, or if your client is, and, and you want to connect with that person, then then go online and look up what's going on with the, with the Chicago bears, right? You can go out there and find, they might've traded a player or the player got mm -hmm. injured or something like that. Take that little story, take, send it back to the client. Hey, Stephanie, I know you're a Chicago bears fan. I saw this thing. It was really, I thought it would be pretty interesting. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it. And that says a whole bunch of different things to, to Jenny, right? It says, Hey, yeah. I heard you when you told me you were a Chicago bears fan. It also says that I'm thinking about this relationship even when like, I'm not on the phone with you, right? Not in a weird way, but in a, like, it's important to me. And when I saw this, I thought, yeah, yeah. wow. And that was, and you make a connection there that change that can be like a game changer. 
Yeah, that that's a that, that's brilliant, Fred. Like it's not even about sports. It could be about anything else, about their gardening or whatever. It's it's that I am thinking about you outside of the context of what revenue you make my company, right? Like, um, yeah, like that I thought about you. That's the connection, and that is possible to do from overseas. Not easy, like a you know we're not trying to pretend it's not, but but it is very very possible, right? So don't think about it in terms of entertaining. Think about it in terms of connecting. Yeah. 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 That's, that's no, really it's a, good. That's a great question. All right. Really great question. We got another uh, letter uh, from Dan who says, I'm loving the podcast. We can't tell you how helpful your book has been to me. What book? <laughs> what? Uh, I've only been an account manager for six months, discovered your book. Um, you guys have been very helpful to me in my new career. So, uh, Dan, we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I work for HR teams in many different industries, hardware stores, hospitals, government contractors. It could be tough to think strategically with so many different groups of people. I'd love to know what best practices you guys have to share around managing and prioritizing multiple clients. What do you think about that one? I think that is a a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a few things that come to mind. The first is... People are people, regardless of what industry they work in, mm-hmm. right? So whether I work in a hardware store or a hospital or whether I'm a government contractor, my seven-year-old's t-ball game is really, really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. So never lose sight of like at the at the foundation of it, whatever is important to that person is important to that person, regardless mm-hmm. of what vertical they work in. The second thing I would do is I would spend a lot of time with those folks in those different verticals. And I would ask them specifically, like, what are your stressors? Mm-hmm. Right. Because then you can you, and you can tell them I work with people in different verticals. And so when I think about this, the hardware store uh, DIY or what, whatever the correct nomenclature is, um, I'm curious as to like what, where your stress comes from and and so forth. And so I don't know, um, Dan, what Dan does for a living, right? Dan Page. He's obviously an account manager. He's an account manager. Um, I work with HR teams in many different industries, right? And so the stressor for the HR industry is what? And so just understanding the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're hitting the nail on the head. So like I I would frame, Whenever I met, if I had to service a function within a bunch of different industries, I would just relate those two things together and pose that as a question every time I met with them to try to understand um, how that industry, how I should think about that industry strategically. So it sound like, hey, um, given that you're um, HR for a hospital, how does that change your, how does working in a hospital change your HR responsibilities from, say, other HR managers? And within the answer to that, they're going to tell you like how being part of a hospital makes their HR job harder, right? They're, which is another way of asking the same question you just you just posed, right? Yeah. And, and they're gonna and they're gonna tell you all that, and they will lay out the strategy for you. Yeah. No, ask the questions. Um, I, right. So I, I think you can you can cover a lot of ground with that. And then I think the second part here, uh, managing and prioritizing multiple clients. I, it, nobody wants first. You to should say, buy a book called "A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting." You should That's, buy copies plural. for your friends, Christmas gifts. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll sign them, <laughs> um, and re- and we'll record a private. Uh, happy Christmas. No, no, we won't. Oh, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> I got to change the website. I thought, we okay, never mind. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you manage uh, priorities? It, clearly, if you have a client that's 60% of your revenue, they're really, really important. And so that, you know, and, and people don't want to talk about it in those terms. Um, and so this is where I'm going to give you the, one of the, you know, like the biggest non-answer ever, which is it also depends on strategic relevance, right? You have a client that may be small in terms of dollars, but they're giving you into an industry that you really want to get into and they're creating a proof point for you and they're going to open doors. Maybe that is more important than somebody that's actually sending you more money on a monthly basis right now. Right. Yes. There's a lot of complexity to prioritizing your clients. And my biggest suggestion would be 
you should think through that on those fronts. You should break it down in terms of what is your priority in terms of getting into industry and, and the strategic relevance. What is the monetary relevance? What are some of yeah. the other things that you should be considering to, to measure against? Um, and then you, I would personally, this is the way I would do it. And then I would create my own prioritization and say, this is the way that I feel about it. And I would put that to the side. Then I would pull in your four or five sort of key stakeholders within your organization and say, this is the way that I think about these, these clients. And this is the way that I, pro or, or I wouldn't even prioritize them rather. I'd give them the blank slate, ask them to prioritize and then compare to what you came up you, with. You're talking about doing account planning. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and yeah, it's making account plans. Is it, that's that? Yeah, that's the my answer to this question, right? Like so, and we've talked about that process um, before, and it's definitely in our book ad nauseum. But creating account plans because really the process of account planning is not you're not showing up and throwing up to your executives or whoever else is listening and saying, I know everything about the client. I mean, yeah, that is a little bit of a part of it. What you're really doing is saying, okay, I'm laying out what I'm going to be doing with each client. And I'm kind of going in order from most important to least. And then you're getting feedback from other people to say, hey, it, where somebody in your audience might say, I might reprioritize this and prioritize this a little bit higher because of, you know, to your point, it's not just about revenue, it might be strategic importance, the industry. Like you're, you're going to get, the way to do it is to create a plan yourself then get feedback from other people. Yeah. And understand yeah. what you're prioritizing and understand what that constraint is and understand what you're going to do about that constraint in the future, right? If you have a yeah. constraint that's saying, hey, you got to prioritize your work because you're asking me to do five things and I can only do three, then do you need more of that skill set short term, long term, like, so make sure you're looking at the whole conversation as well. Like when I think about account management, we talk about this, we talk about the account manager being the quarterback and the leader and the conductor and all that kind of stuff that you you are running a business. That's really what you're doing as an account manager. You're running a mm -hmm. small piece of the business for your organization. Um, and, and so you need to make sure that you look at that business holistically. Yeah. So it's kind of like, think of the business is a truckload of cores and you're the Trans Am. Oh my goodness gracious. There is no way. I, yeah, no, no, I, I can't, I'm trying to think. <laughs> you, you have nothing. You have no way to top that. <laughs> you have, you've smoked me today, man. That's I told you you're on your game. Uh, I, I'm not quite on center myself and you have absolutely smoked me. It's the trucker hat. It's the <laughs> goatee. It's the, Billy badass thing that you're carrying today. Oh, uh, uh, Fred, that was the that was the mailbag, and I think we had a really good conversation about the tricky art of client entertainment. Well, you got to get it across the state line. <laughs> wow, good cut. That, that was solid. Uh, you know, I, 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 you got me, man. You got me about that, but all day long, I love it, John. I love it. Yeah, cool. So look, thanks for the uh, for the emails. Thanks for the correspondence. Thanks for listening. We hit 10,000 downloads, John Brown. Yes. 10,000 downloads. So, yes, so we, please tell your friends about this. Um, yeah. And, and send us questions, man. We love this stuff. Yes. And rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you happen to read our book, please go on Amazon and uh, rate the book as well, please. Alrighty, that is a wrap for John Brown. I'm Fred Fuller, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Fred and John would like to hear from you. Go to brown-fuller.com with comments and questions and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs>